The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with host Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Tune in every week as Tyler and Zan recap the biggest storylines and news in the NBA. Welcome back to the Underdog NBA show. Once again, Tyler Laurie is out with personal issues. Happy news we'll talk about next week. But in the meantime, we needed a special guest. And there's no one... In our sports world, more special than Axios Sports, Kendall Baker. Welcome back, Kendall. Hey, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And for people who don't know Axios Sports, we've recommended in the past, regardless of whether you were on or not, like, how do you describe it? It's sort of like a daily email blast that kind of runs through everything that happened in sports yesterday, like the biggest storylines, right? Yeah, I think a good way to a good metaphor would be Sports Center in an email. Um, and I think we actually go a little broader than Sports Center, to be honest. But I mean, we have a section called the Ocho that is specifically dedicated to basically weird sports. We have a trivia question every day. We have a, a you look back in history and on this date. So we kind of try and hit every note um, and keep you up to date with you know what happened yesterday, what's coming up today, and just kind of yeah. give you your bearings as a sports fan every morning. It's like a dossier. Like if you're the president, you like wake up and like, this is what happened. This is what you need to yeah. know. Yeah. It's like a briefing. I think, I think there's a very, um, I've always thought that one of the most underrated feelings that you can kind of give somebody as a consumer of information is a sense that they're up to speed and they can kind of go on with their day. And so that's my goal every morning is to time, by the time somebody finishes that newsletter, I want them to feel like they're, they're caught up and they can kind of start, you know, going to work doing whatever they need to do, but they're, they're caught up with what they, what they want to know or need to know. Yeah. And you know, it's great on two reasons. Like I'm a, I'm a sports fan, obviously. I think anyone listening to this show probably knows at least about the NBA, but it gives you like a wide range. Like we were saying, like you talked about, like there's a new lacrosse league or this is about soccer or whatever. This is what's happening with mobile betting. It, it gives you more than like whatever specific sport you're into. Um, and then also, like, I've recommended it to, I have friends who just don't know about sports. Like, uh, you know, like they didn't, their families weren't into it. They didn't have brothers, whatever. And like, I have a friend who, who was working with some NBA athletes and he's like, I don't know who they are. Like, I don't know these uh-huh. names. And I'm like, you should subscribe to Axios Sports. Just kind of like have, like, be more informed in casual conversation. Uh-huh. Um, especially Appreciate if that. You, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing I've realized over the time, my time doing this. You know, obviously cater to sports fans and try and cover, you know, casual sports fans to, you know, the biggest sports fans there are. But we've also, I've heard a lot of feedback from people who basically said, you know, my boyfriend or my friend or whatever it may be, my son, right, like told me to sign up for this so we can kind of like talk about sports together. Because they, you know, people who don't follow sports otherwise, if you kind of gave them the assignment, all right, like go find out about what's happening in sports day after date, like they wouldn't even know the websites to go to. They don't, it's a very hard task. Whereas this is just give me your email, start reading these. And you, you know, three, three weeks from now, three months from now, we'll kind of have a sense of what's going on. Yeah. And if you want to dig in deeper, there's links. Like uh, if you, if you're not interested in lacrosse and sorry, Kendall, I, I'm passing on that <laughs> skim through it. And if you want to yep. dig in more, you can know. Did you have you covered Korean baseball? My friends are trying to get into that. Yes. Yes. We did a little, um, 
we, you know, we mapped where the teams were and did a kind of brief overview comparing, uh, given some background on each team and then also given the major league baseball comparison for each team, which is, I thought kind of entertaining. If you want to, you know, you know nothing about the league and you want to pick up, you know, a team right off the bat, who, who do you want to root for? So we try to do that for you. And so you're such a great guest for us because you have such a wide range of sports knowledge, obviously. Um, but we want to talk about NBA specifically, of course. And, you know, I, I'd be curious to know, like, it feels like ESPN, like, generates, like, so much of, like, what we talk about. Like, hey, mm-hmm. we want you guys to talk about Jordan now, this month. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, everyone needs to care about Michael Jordan again because we're showing this documentary. And I get that. I'm a fan of Michael Jordan. Um, the storyline that I feel like has not gotten as much publicity as it should and we want to talk about was sort of the the G League's path to the NBA and how it might subvert the NCAA. And it's not just like a pa- passing fancy. Like this might have like fundamental impact on the NCAA. It might already starting. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been covering that. Do you think it's as big a deal as I, I do in my head or not? Well, and my take on it is I think it's a huge deal, but the 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 kind of um like what's hanging over it that makes it i guess a less less of a big deal or at least not as kind of landscape sh- shifting is that the one and done rule is expected to be abolished in 2 years and so you know there that doesn't mean that this will not you know this this kind of path to the pros that these high schoolers are taking which is why the G League is in the news lately that kind of pathway specifically might disappear right so it's almost like a stopgap solution um so i think that's the only thing kind of working against it in terms of like this is fascinating and this is going to change everything it's like well it's going to change again in two years now i do i i still think overall generally speaking the almost more interesting story outside of the high, high schoolers uh you know jumping right to the g league and participating in this program is just on a more macro level the g league's rise in general and you know even looking back like a decade ago how how many teams they've added, how it kind of went from a collection of, you know, X number of teams to now almost every team is affiliated, directly affiliated with the team. They own it. You know, they, they're, they're bringing prospects up and down. And so that's what's more interesting to me is the G League's kind of transformation and growth um, into a true minor league system, which I think, you know, the attraction of these big name high school, high schoolers who would have been top college players next year, uh, potentially bringing more interest to the league I think we'll, we'll, you know, over time, the G League could be a, you know, something you maybe watch occasionally. Yeah, well, that, that's what I want to see. Like, how big can it get? Like, let's take a step back. Because so when the D League, it started as the D League, Developmental League, and I think they thought yeah. that was, like, insulting, I guess. And so they, they got a corporate sponsor. Um, the idea was we're going to develop players, I guess. But a lot of the players were, like, 24, 25-year-old. And then by then, you're, you know, the NBA is kind of considering them, like, an afterthought. Right. Um, and we saw, and but they wanted to keep this like at least a one and done rule for a few different reasons. And then last season, around this time last year, um, there were kind of some shakeups. So you saw RJ Hampton uh-huh. and Melo Ball uh-huh. go to Australia and got some money. Do you remember how much they got? I forgot to look up their salaries for going to Australia. I think they, they're hundreds of thousands. I don't know exactly how much, but I mean, the G League last year basically tried to do what they did this time around. They just didn't offer enough money, and so those those two players said, "No, we'll go to Australia." Now they've upped it to ha- you know five hundred k. Yeah, like so the, I think Darius that's Basley. Really the only difference. Yeah, Darius yep. Basley He's, went to the G League, but he also did it partly because I guess his agent Rich Paul got him some mm-hmm. sort of like sponsorship, you know, a million right. dollars with New Balance. Right. 
Right. Um, so it was kind of interesting like to see both those versions. So Basley goes to the G League, ends up getting drafted 23rd last time around, and then he got, he's got mm-hmm. traded this year. I guess this was a couple years ago. And, and then do you think it helped him to go to the G League in terms of his stock? It feels like that was generally kind of where he was expected to go in the first place. Yeah. I mean, for him, I'd say, yeah, it, sounds, it, it does seem like just based on projections, of course, no way to know what would have happened if he went to college. I don't. I, I think, yeah, as you said, it kind of is right around where they were projecting him um, previous to that. I think it. I think it personally, it, in terms of like how a prospect, you know, could or his stock could be impacted in the G League versus college. I think it largely depends on the type of player that it is. Um, you know, there's certain guys who are just like physically and athletically, just like clearly NBA players, and so their performance in college, you know, you see all these guys sometimes get drafted after a freshman year of like, you know, the seventh guy on Kentucky that like showed some flashes, but like, you know, it's not like he put together an all SEC season and still goes in the lottery. Like those type players who are just like specimens, I think their stock probably doesn't change too much if you go to the G League because people aren't looking for you to put up big numbers or looking for you to kind of make a name for yourself. They're just looking for you to kind of slowly progress. Now, on the opposite side of this, the opposite end of the spectrum, I think the guys who aren't maybe as athletically gifted, um, who instantly raise questions, that's where you benefit from going to college, establishing a national profile, playing in big games, making clutch shots on a national stage. So I think it, it largely depends on what type of prospect you are. Yeah, I, I think Vasley's an interesting case because it's like he gets a million dollars to go to the G League. Mm-hmm. I think even our fans, even hardcore NBA fans, probably don't know him still. Right. Like they, they, he didn't make a big name. So if you went, I just looked it up, he had committed prior to Syracuse. Uh-huh. If he had gone to Syracuse, if he had been a 20 and 10 guy in college the first year and, and helped him in the tournament, I, you know, obviously that's the best case scenario, but like at least yeah. people would know who he is. Like, wouldn't that help him more in terms of his reputation? Or he could have flopped. Who knows? Right. Yeah. It's nowhere to know. I think there's a lot of factors, right? Like, you, if you want to break it down on a, you know, I think it ultimately comes down to what does that player want? Is he just trying to maximize his earnings right now? Is he trying to maximize his brand long term? Um, you know, you could do like the math equation, right? It's like, all right, Basley was projected to go here. That pick nets X dollars on a rookie contract. Instead, he went here, but he also got a million dollars. That, you know, like, I don't maybe he maybe he comes out net positive in that kind of math equation but to your point you know long term I think it's hard to argue with the you know the the Instagram followers you accumulate or the kind of the 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 brand boost you get of playing at a Syracuse and then going back to Syracuse games down the line and you're now a Syracuse alum even though you did only play there for one year like yeah there, there, mean- there are certain things about college that obviously you can't replicate with G League teams who, as we mentioned, nobody really cares about right now. No, totally. And and how do you think, like, so RJ Hampton and LaMelo Ball went to Australia, made some money, got some attention early on, I would say, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think that went for them? Like, if that was an experiment, would that be considered yeah. a conce- success or not? I think, unfortunately for both of them, they got injured, so it's hard to say. Uh, but, I mean, and, and also what's hard to say is that we're looking at it through the lens of, you know, America, U.S. media, whereas, you know, they, I would imagine, like, I wasn't on the ground in Australia, but I would imagine they're much more popular in Australia than they would have been. And so, as, you know, sports in general become more global, and obviously basketball is 
you know, behind soccer, maybe the second most global sport. There is there is clearly a benefit of ha- of being marketable in another country um, as you progress along in your career and being able to go over there on trips in the off season and uh, sell clothes over there, sell shoes over there, whatever it may be. So, I think overall, yeah, like assuming they don't, you know, their their stock doesn't plummet in the draft or anything like that. I would say it was a success. But again, I think it depends on going back to Basley as well. Like, what was their goal? What are we measuring that success on? I think both of those guys, based on interviews I I saw and read, were very much looking at this. They're very like entrepreneurial type uh, people, which I am. That's another interesting kind of topic to discuss. These the rise of these young prospects who who think of themselves like businesses already. You know, with the rise of social media, everybody's kind of building their brand from the time they're like 15, which is kind of crazy. But if it, it, you know, those two seem particularly like very much about that, very much about you know, how do I build my brand and how how do I uh, you know, get out there. So, uh, and those metrics, I think it was definitely a success for them. Yeah. And, you know, it, it was interesting to see like, what's the best place for you to develop and what's the best place for you or stock to, to develop. Like, I thought it was interesting. I, I did some research cause I'm studying for the draft and Lamelo and RJ ball. I mean, RJ Hampton went, you know, so I thought they were somewhat similar as prospects, like top five, top 10 guys beforehand. And Lamelo went to a team that was very bad. I think they finished like five and 20 or something. And he put up big numbers, kind of empty, a lot of empty numbers too. But, and then RJ Hampton went to one of the better teams over there and didn't get as much playing time and stats aren't as good. And I think his stock might've gotten down a little bit, but in both cases, like this is a professional team. They know you're here for a year. And if you get a little banged up, you might quit. Like there's not much interest in developing your game for the long term, probably. Right. For sure. Yeah, I think there's there's certainly a risk there. And that is why the G League, if they execute well, has, you know, if, the G, if, if, if you have similar offers, right, to go, you want to go play in Australia or you want to play in the G League, the money is relatively the same. Obviously, as I just mentioned, Australia offers like, you know, more exposure in a different market, but the G League offers, you know, a, a league and specifically with this program that, uh, these high schoolers this year are entering like it's all about developing you and it's all about you know basically getting your draft stock as high as it can be for that next year's draft so there's obviously complete dif- differences in how it's designed i mean i think i think the the team i believe this is correct the team that the high schoolers this year are joining like specifically designed for them like isn't even going to play by the same rules in terms of schedule and who they play than all the other teams. So it really is almost like a team in the G league, but more of like a developmental program that you're entering an academy, if you will. Yeah, no. And I think that's part of it that casual fans might've missed. It's not like they're getting drafted by a random team in in the G league and they're joining the team with a bunch of vets. It's like they're a sole young man team i think they said they're going to add a few like nice veterans to help them yeah. along but like they're in they're in california and the, the top recruit that that they you know recruited to do this is from there and so it really is kind of like they built this for them and we'll see how the experiment goes well and five hundred thousand dollars for the top guy jalen green huge yeah. pay grade uh, rise obviously i i heard wojanowski say that he's like they were getting 150 for four 
Yeah. And he said plainly, he's like, some colleges are just paying more than that under the table. So they had to yeah. raise the yeah. rate. And the 500000 is certainly more than I think they can get in most places. Yeah. But you mentioned, so it's going to be this team of prospects, mostly, not mm-hmm. really competing in the same way. Are, yeah. are you going to watch this team? Are you going to cover this team as a member of the media in the same way that you would for if they were playing on Kentucky? No. Of course, absolutely not. I think um, maybe you cover them. Like uh, one of the things I saw was they're, they're going to have the flexibility to play like international teams, right? So if they play like the U19, like S- Spain national team or something like that, that it feels like kind of a special enough event that you would kind of cover it similarly to maybe a big college basketball game. But no, like there's there's just no comparison in terms of college basketball and what's built up there and the 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 pack stadiums and you know them being on campuses and all that all that that brings you can't you just can't replicate that yeah and and as an nba primarily nba fan i i watch the you know college basketball to kind of check in on prospects but like also there's just atmosphere and the and then the tournament is just like like tv heaven (laughs) and like gambling heaven it's just so Mm -hmm. much eyeballs on that not going to have that in the same way. I, I think I'll watch. I want to go. I'll watch a couple of games, see how they do. Yeah. But, you know, so I, I think their fame might be less, but I do think genuinely, if you're talking pure development, it is better to, to train with professional coaches and treat it like a job 24 mm-hmm. seven. Like some people don't know that, like in college, like their hours are limited. They're, co- you know, they're only allowed to practice a certain amount of time. Like they do have to go through whether it's a facade or not, like going through, you know, classes and yeah. like, they're not treating it as like a nine to five and they could in the G league. I think their skills would actually be much improved. It's going to be interesting to see like the attention angle. I think that's still up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, look, it's like anything, right? Like, um, you know, if I, I'll use myself as an example, if I, instead of going to college, had enrolled in like a program where all I did was write about sports, right. would I come out a better sports writer? I don't know, maybe. Um, but there's also the kind of, you know, between the lines, kind of gray area, stuff you pick up as a college student becoming more responsible, kind of the life lessons you learn on living on a campus, friends you make, all this stuff. Some might say can't, don't directly impact you as a basketball player, but I think you could make the argument that some of them do. Those traits that you learn are just kind of the ex, outside of the X's and O's or the lifting of weights, the stuff that you kind of get being part of a team, being part of a team that has, you know, past players who come back and visit and, becoming just part of something there's just stuff you can't you can't replicate i think that unfortunately gets lost in the conversation sometimes when we compare college to well in this case the g league like there's just things you can't really quantify well it's like a vocational school i guess and Mm -hmm. i i would say like i i still think it's better for their skills like you as a writer like you kind of have to be well-rounded regardless of sports Mm -hmm. and in life you have to be an interesting person um if your job was, you know, fixing radiators every day and you'd studied that since you were 10 years old, like it might help you. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know. I, and also I think like you look at Europe as an example, like Luka Doncic gifted, whatever, one of a kind, but he's been practicing and playing against pros since he was 14 or 15. Right. right. And I think that helps some guys. Cause it's like, look, maybe, 
Luke is pretty athletic. I mean, for, you know, a white guy. Um, but yeah. um, like there's certain guys, like you just can't get away with certain things if you're playing against, you know, athletic seven footers that you could against a bunch of high schoolers like me and you. So like it yeah. does, maybe you do need to be a great shooter. Maybe you need to be a great passer. Like how do you find a role in the professional sense? I think that really helps. Mm-hmm. If you're for already sure. a star, maybe it doesn't matter. Yeah, for sure. Um, have you studied Jalen Green at all or watched him? Because he's like the big name here. He's I, 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 a tiny bit, not 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 too much. Um, but from yeah, what, yeah. From what I understand, like he seems like like a better version of Anthony Edwards from this year. Yeah. So I think he'll be a top three pick for sure, either way. Um, and he's really they're really banking a lot on him, investing a lot in yeah. this like experiment. Yeah. Um. So how big do you think? What's your prediction? Like, do you think the G League is is this? Even if it's a stopgap, like, is this going to be a success? In, uh, in terms of this program or, or the G League as a whole? Well, you know, the, the, whether it's a stopgap or not, it's interesting. Because I, I, the same interview with Woj was saying, like, some of the momentum about killing the one and done seems like it's slowing a little bit. Like, it's not as much of a priority to abolish. Mm-hmm. So if, I think if, they, if this works, the NBA would rather this. Um, because for two reasons, I mean, they're paying them $500,000, but that's less than $5 million, um, as the top three pick. And then you, it's sort of like vetting them a little bit more. It's like, Hey, if Jalen green sucks, I'm glad somebody didn't take him in the top five and ruin their franchise. So I just don't know if it's going to work. I just don't see a path where this replaces proper college basketball. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I certainly the good point there. Um, I mean, do I think it's a success? I think the the largest the, the the thing it's hinging on the most is visibility. Um and that's something that unfortunately takes a while and is dependent upon uh media rights deals and things that are just kind of slow moving to begin with. Like right now, G League games are on Twitch and there's just like a, a large demographic of people who who have never used Twitch. There's also a large demographic of people who do use Twitch. They're younger, uh, maybe folks who actually wouldn't, you know, necessarily be watching NBA games. So I guess there's an argument to be made for uh, this is, you know, the audience isn't as big as you'd like it for G League games, right? I think a, a huge part of any successful league is you kind of know, oh yeah, Sundays those games are on. Okay, like there, it's always kind of top of mind, or at least you're aware of when games are on. I guess the the, the opposite argument is maybe these games reach an audience that even NBA games themselves wouldn't reach. So I think that's going to be the biggest piece is, is viewership and, and how in tune people are with the G league. I mean, I'm as big of an NBA fan as they come. You, you're, you're probably up there as well. Maybe even above me, but like, do you know who led the G league in scoring last year? Can you, <laughs> can you name five G league players? Um, I, you know, I, I probably can't. I, I sometimes yeah. it's fun to watch because it's like, I, I'll look at them up to see like who, who are like yeah, well, free I think agents you remember, are like you remember start. like forty guys like oh yeah I remember that guy um, <laughs> yeah it's all but, it's all usually like, like the the washouts who are actually pretty good but not yeah. really but like it's just it's just different and um I think that's a big part of it like and the, obviously the biggest the best example of like a full fledged minor league system would be baseball but the difference there and what makes it hard to compare is that baseball naturally like even the best players need years of seasoning. I mean, the number one pick in last year's MLB draft, Adley Rutcher for the Orioles, 
isn't going to be in the major leagues until like 2022. And so baseball, the minor league system like plays a role that everybody kind of accepts and it's very necessary and isn't really incumbent upon fans watching, you know, Jalen Green as a 19 year old. It's kind of like Orioles fans will just follow this guy. And then when he gets to the big leagues, everybody will remember him. So I think, I think that's going to be a challenge. In ter- like, what is the role of the G League? Obviously, it's for developing young talent, but does it become almost like Triple A baseball, where teams basically have those guys at the end of their bench, like they have with two-way players now? But in the future, maybe when that two-way player gets sent, quote unquote, sent down, instead of just forgetting about it, maybe you watch that game or maybe you see how he did that night. I think that maybe becomes more of the natural fandom like you're you're a Knicks fan and you also have an awareness of what's going on down on the farm system and um maybe aren't watching all the all of those games so you at least know who who just got called up who just got sent down and it's less of just kind of a footnote of a transaction and more of something you're invested in as a fan yeah and I I don't think it was intentional, but I, I think the NBA, you know, players union, I think, what is it like 15 now the roster size for the, the real uh-huh. clubs. And so yeah. that's such a deep bench. Yeah. You know, 15, you're probably playing, you know, if everyone's healthy, you know, nine guys. Uh-huh. And so like, if you had a roster of 12, maybe that 13th man who's in the G league, like would be a major part of your rotation barring an injury or, you know, improvement. Right. But if it's like the 16th guy or the 17th guy, and maybe he could be their 14th man, it like seems so irrelevant. I know they want those extra salaries, but uh-huh. um, so we're not sure what's going to happen. You let's say like Adam Silver and Trump and, and Sharif Abdul Rahim, who I guess friends the uh-huh. G League called you and said like, what should happen? Like this is a, you know, it seems like they're trying to figure out. Every few years, they're trying to figure it out. What would you, in your ideal world, you're the sports czar, what would your rule be for the NBA? In terms of one and done? In terms of one and done or two and done or none. Like maybe go to, you know, or you could, yeah. you know, be the giver and at 11 years old, they become professionals. I, I think, so wait, the question is what I think will happen? Or no, what you should happen. More, either should morally, happen. financially, whatever factors okay. in. I mean, I think that the one and done rule should just be abolished. I, I, I think obviously I, I get the, I get the argument against that. Um, but I just, I just think back to like that area era. I was obviously younger, but like it, it didn't seem like it really had, there wasn't outside of, you know, the, the guys who just flamed out and were clearly never should have been number one or first round picks out of high school. Like, it did, it didn't there didn't seem to be injustice anywhere else the college game didn't suffer that much in fact i think it was that it, it was like the golden era um i i i don't i don't see outside of as i mentioned the the probably large increase in busts um i don't see the downside i really don't um I, you know may, maybe one downside or one thing that would that i would hope would happen um is just Ensuring somehow or, or making the chances of this happening better that high school prospects are given sound advice right. and aren't you know misled by agents to declare for the draft and then 
you know, they were never going to get drafted. And now they're kind of in a, in a rough place and they would have gone to college. And now, so maybe you need to figure out the rules of like, if somebody doesn't get drafted, you can still go to college. Like, I don't know how that will work out. That's something to definitely keep an eye on, but that would be what I think should happen. And I think it's because basketball is one of the few sports where a 19 year old can play at that level and not be literally like risking his life where in football, like that's, a 19 year old should should not be in the NFL. I think we'd all agree on that and be like scared for him. Um, well, especially like the linemen need to gain like, you know, 40 yeah. pounds of like PED yeah. muscle. Right. And um, like baseball, as I mentioned, like, you know, you, the best player in the world at 19 years old is going to be, is not going to be able to do too well at the big league. So basketball is a rare sport where like somebody like a LeBron James can make an impact as a teenager. And I think, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think that's something that makes the NBA and basketball unique. Well, you know, can I pitch you my idea? This is my idea. Yeah, sure. Starting at three years old, you take them like X-Men. No, I, what you do is this. Like kind of what you're saying. I agree. I think it should be abolished. No one and done. There shouldn't be an age requirement. It's, it's very self-interested on these league and the NCAA part. And also it's kind of like paternalistic, I think. Like mm-hmm. you can't make a good decision, so we'll make it for you. Right. Um, if an 18-year-old can get married, an 18-year-old can quit college, like they should be able to pursue what they want the one like sort of and i agree with you you made a good point about the busts too because like there's been some high school busts there's, there's been some you know anthony bennett was a freshman you know adam yeah. morrison was what like a junior or something he's a yeah. bust um you never know i i wish I, I don't know how practically to do it but like you have to declare to be eligible for the draft mm-hmm. i wonder if there's a, a way to have it like two ways where you apply for the draft and the NBA tells them like whether they're accepted or not. Like they would say, "Hey, look, Jalen Green, your application for our league has been accepted. You're clearly good enough to enter." And that maybe like will filter out like the guy who's ranked 50th and got bad advice to like enter the draft. Right. I yeah, don't know. Yeah, I don't know how that would work, but the, yeah, I mean that's that is at least um, covering what I what I said. Yeah. Yeah, it filters out. The, the problem with it would be like let's say you're the 50th ranked prospect and you're like, my mom's sick and my dad's like needs a kidney right. and I don't care if I'm a second round pick, I need some money. Well, who, who are we to deny that kid? Right. Right. Um, but maybe that's part of it. I, I think cool. like the, the league can like figure out like, look, there, there's clearly like a crop of like at least five guys a year, maybe three guys a year who are ready to be, become professional athletes, whether that's playing or just like being part of the system. Yeah. And so, like, as nice as it is to give Jalen Green $500,000 for a year, that's nice. He should be making $4 million a year or whatever a rookie would make. Like, that's sort of his market value. Um, but it's interesting to watch. How are you doing as a transition back to your Axios? Like, no sports, really. <laughs> so yeah. what are you going to write about for the next month? Well, it's been surprisingly easy. Well, I wouldn't say easy, but not as difficult as I feared it would be just because um, we are in, I naturally cover a decent amount of, I've always tried to merge sports news with sports business news. um, Just because I personally think that if you're a a fan of sports, you are naturally a fan of the the business of sports, media, all that stuff. You just maybe didn't know it yet because a lot of that coverage tends to be very bland and industry insidery. So 
I just kind of leaned in more to that because there's actually way more of that news now than normal. And, you know, every league is trying to figure out this unprecedented situation. And so there's plenty of stuff to, to talk about that's actually fascinating. And uh, this is an opportunity to teach people about a lot of things. Like I've gone into, you know, how uh, sports programs at universities are funded. That's something that the vast majority of people just never thought about. I mean, at, at most Division One schools, the football team makes a ton of money and every other sport at that school loses money. And no, I, I wrote a story about that and the, the, the feedback I got from people, like n- nobody seemed to n- know that. And that's not something that, that I would just, you know, if sports were going on on a random Tuesday, just like have that as my top story because it's not really relevant. Now it's extremely relevant. So there's, there's, there's a lot of like sports business and the how sports work kind of stories to write about right now, which I actually find to be very worthwhile. Yeah. And, and again, like there's not like an advertisement. I, I knew Kendall, I remember you before the Axios even like, and it's just like, it, yeah, I, it's something I would describe to you anyway, something I've recommended anyway. And it, it just makes you like a s- more well-rounded, smarter fan. And there's no, how could that be bad? <laughs> you know? And if you, if you don't have time, oh, yeah. delete it that day, but yeah. Um, yeah absolutely well thanks so much for balance of it's a nice balance of inner i I really like like leading with entertainment and if somebody finishes if somebody ends up learning something that's awesome um, yeah, so well, like, it's like a I good like balance. Like I, I saw you did like all time teams or like the Blue yeah. Jays or whatever. Like there's yeah. whatever you're into, you know. It's like you can yeah. scan and, and find something, and, and it's you know, and you even write on the emails like this is about a f- five minute read. This is about a ten yeah. minute read. So like you can determine. Yeah, sure. I, th- I think everyone has enough time these days, but even if you're busy, yeah. Anyone listening to this podcast not super busy, but there are <laughs> a group of people out there who are busy. And you're certainly one of them. Thanks for taking the time to come on and talk to us today. Yeah, of course. All right, dude. Take care. Have a good weekend. All right. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with your hosts, Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news.